to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good day, faithful listeners, for the Big Red Couch game show role-playing game podcast. Welcome to episode 161, where we are discussing the prompt Cognitive Dissonance. Joining me today... From the other side of the world, we have my amazing co-host, Craig. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing fairly well. I am, in the nature of my people, avoiding anything and everything to do with both the football and the cricket, which I am told by many people who want me to care, are happening even at this moment. Apparently, something is coming home. I'm not sure whose home it's coming to. I don't think it's mine because I genuinely don't have the space. That is fair. And joining us today, we have an equally lovely guest, Scott. Hi, Scott. What terrible fate has driven you to join us today on the Big Red Couch? Kia ora. Well, um, I'm, I'm, glad it's, uh, it, I'm glad that the Big Red Couch is big enough to, to fit me and my uh, prodigious posterior. I do have to say, uh, just before the recording, Ben, uh, you were worried that we were going to be a bit rough today, and um, I just got to point out we are hitting the ground running on that one because it is cognitive dissidence, not dissonance. Oh goodness, that is yes, yes, no. Correctly called me out there. Um, indeed, no. The big red couch hopes to be supportive and encompassing of well as many folks as we can wrangle into getting onto the recording. Which today we will all have to agree was a little bit ropey. So yep, I'll. I'll take that hit because, wow, I'm in the middle of moving house and uh, my brain, I'm surround, just by, surrounded by boxes, assembled, unassembled, overflowing or just generally um, messing me up. So, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a nice, a nice one. Have you got to the stage where you're just labeling things with stuff, more stuff, I don't care anymore? Have you reached that stage of packing yet? Awesome. I love that stage. It's so much easier than the previous ones. Yeah, you got to have your forever boxes. Yeah, yeah, boxes just labelled arg. You got to move in your 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 forever boxes into the garage so that uh, they can take up their normal uh, living space, t- uh, occupy the garage, and and they're just ready there for the next time you have to move. And it's kind of an an anchor, a spatial reminder that you know we live in a society or something. I guess you're going to open it and discover there's stuff there. That you don't recognize and this was never yours to begin with and you actually just picked up somebody else's forever box from a different flat and never knew indeed would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your interaction with this wonderful game show lifestyle sporting event that we call role-playing so um i've uh, been a gamer for about 20 years at this point I was, um, I've been very big in trying to create a bit of a community where I am in Hamilton, Kirikiriroa, in New Zealand, which uh, for those of you, uh, for for an international audience, is about two hours down the road from Auckland. Uh, We have, uh, we have been, over the last few years, been setting up a group trying to get as many people into the hobby as we can, getting the people who have heard about this wonderful game, uh, 
in uh, from Critical Role and podcasts and Dimension Twenty to check us out and uh, play an actual game and and get the people who want to try all the different games on their shelves to have a place where they can just say let's do a one shot let's advertise this and uh, so we've been quite successful there's been a uh, at, there's been a um, an incorporated society created from from our efforts the Waikato role playing guild and uh, in honor of the district that we live in and yeah no it's been it's been a really good uh, really good time and um, because of all that and because of the fact that I was uh, I've, I've now um, taken on to uh, doing some audio recording of my own for podcasts. Uh, I caught your attention. Uh, friend, uh, we've been friends for about 14 years at this point, Ben. Yeah, around that. Yeah, about that. And uh, so here I am. Awesome. And, you know, it's really good to get a perspective of somebody who's doing outreach and onboarding in the bright new era of people are actually playing games and not just talking about them like some sort of weird forever box of audio put on the an internet shelf somewhere because man have we had relatively little success in getting games run so you know any anything that would would you've observed that that might help people bring new folks in especially people who haven't been exposed to um role-playing just from hanging out with people who are already role players which is kind of the curse of the hobby that would be amazing <laughs> honestly you just need to find somewhere centralized the whole idea is that you if you don't have a place where people can go and ask those questions then people are just going to be going to their friends um like the old looking for group bulletin boards at universities and stuff like that only goes so far uh you need to be able to like having having a, a facebook group i mean i get that the kids aren't using facebook that often these days but there's still a lot of people who are and just being able to say to people go to this one place and and they can say hi i've i've, I've uh I've never played, and um, can we? Can we? Uh, where do we get into this? And there are people who will do one shots. There, you know, like I've I've had a couple of instances where I have run a few adventures or a one shot just so that people could get a taste for the game and go into a, a room full of strangers to basically then actually play knowing what the game was basically and what was expected of them even if it's a different system uh, with a bit of confidence and a bit of knowledge that it's something that they're going to enjoy and something that they're going to be good at awesome i'm sorry making notes here go outside talk to people and organize in a centralized fashion i this is gold craig i think we're onto something here that was one of the things that uh sank at least for a while a um an attempt to get a, a dungeons and dragons slash miscellaneous role-playing thing happening in the the town that i'm in was the difficulty of finding a um a centralized place that you know a centralized actually sort of physical place where people could play games it eventually got solved because somebody found a pub that was perfectly happy to have people turn up on the the off nights and drink too much and uh, eat bar snacks and and play there which worked reasonably well if I'm honest, uh, the the beauty of it was uh, it wasn't a centralized location to physically play. It was a, a centralized place for people to go to uh, online, so that 
and, and because there's a few gaming stores in, in, in our town, basically any time someone went into the local nerd shop and said, what about the, them dungeons and or dragons, uh, they could say, well, there's this really cool Facebook group and here it is. And uh, eventually we would just grow and grow. We didn't have anything like that until, um, in, until it was created. And that was six years ago. We're uh, up to we're over 800 members strong at this point, uh, and uh, we're we're growing. Oh, that is that is amazing. And you've you've kind of recapitulated the original like wave of popularity, but with more internet and less conspiracies about Satanism. Well, less supposed conspiracies about Satanism. Hopefully. Um, that doesn't happen again, but you know, oh, cool. no, that's, that's really impressive. It's, I'm not aware of anything up here. And to be fair, this is, this is a, a probably a good point of cultural reference is that Auckland and Hamilton have had a, um, there is a, there is a, a big city, little city sort of relationship going on there. It's a little bit odd, but, um, and we may have made some slightly off-colour jokes at the expense of Hamilton, um, though I would like to uh, in the past. But I'd like to like to point out that the uh, the original Maori name Kirikiro is making a is being referenced a lot these days, and it is not simply because of Lin Manuel Miranda. So yeah, it's a beautiful name. I think it. I think we should definitely um, be using that one more. It's certainly something I'm trying to do. Uh... There's a there's a lot to decolonize, uh, and the first thing in that step is starting with your brain. So, yep, kitty kitty roa. I'm trying to get used to to doing saying that more often in my day to day. And uh, but yeah, no, there you go. Indeed, the Riviera on the Waikato. Now that's even weirder, isn't it? To be fair, the the park in the park area in Hamilton, sort of bordering the river, as it kind of carves its way through is one of my favorite patches of green space in the world oh the gardens yeah you drop down um or even even sort of uh, i suspect up river of the gardens basically sort of you know the, the bits where hamilton suddenly stops drops 20 meters and you've got a river surrounded by trees those those bits i just absolutely love it is quite lovely yes i nearly got heat stroke in the gardens once it was still pretty pleasant excellent it's nice to have souvenirs of places. <laughs> All right. So we, uh, um, having provided a bit of context and information, we should get on with our fabulous role-playing, role-playing game game show format and present some ideas based on the cognitive dissidents, enunciating carefully, pitch Craig. I understand that you have a wacky idea. Would you like to lead off for us? I, I can do this thing. I, in my usual style, I have a wacky idea, and then I have an even wackier idea that I wasn't really sure what to do with. Um, but let's start with the, the, the wacky idea here. Starting it off with the game I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do a game about thought crime, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I failed at that. Uh, this, is, this is something that's going to be sitting somewhere between transhumanism and cyberpunk. And for definitions, I'm using somebody's... I thought rather nice, uh, right? Nice definitions of transhumanism is about how technology will make the world better, and cyberpunk is about how it won't. Very much for this, I'm thinking of the the games slash systems um, eclipse phase, 
specifically Transhumanity's Fate, which is the sort of Fate port or edition of Eclipse Phase, because it's the one I've actually played, which is a very, you know, Transhumanity's Fate, at least, is a very sort of transhumanist horror game. Um, so <clears throat> here's what we've got. When you've got people who are operating you know, very far from home, scattered across either the solar system or outside of the solar system, they're far from home, they're free from oversight, and they're inhabiting these enormously powerful, upgraded or entirely artificial bodies, there is a concern that these folks might decide to stop following the protocol, stop following the missions, just go off and do their own thing. And fortunately, because everybody has got some level of cognitive upgrades, or they possibly have just had their entire mind downloaded into a completely artificial body so they're effectively running as software, it's possible to ensure that nobody has any of the thoughts along these lines, or at least that you know about them. And, you know, you've got the nice system dashboard just to, to keep track of it. So you know that nobody's thinking stuff they shouldn't be about, hey, let's nick all this stuff and become pirates. And so that's the setup, which really makes it very bizarre on your expedition that despite all of this, you've got these improbable accidents and these really strange coincidental breakdowns occurring that are very hard to explain because they're the sort of thing that looks a hell of a lot like the sort of sabotage you might get prior to person or persons going rogue, but you can prove by looking at the logs that absolutely nobody around is thinking that. So this, this, as I said, we've got some, some bits of Eclipse phase in there. It also has more than a bit borrowed from the Murderbot Diaries uh, stories by uh, Martha Wells and a little bit borrowed from a, a webcomic called Crimson Dark. Basically, what I'm thinking of here is the... It's the sort of almost detective story where something's going on, somebody or somebodies are sabotaging things and plotting against... Well, possibly not against your group specifically, but it's your group who's going to get blamed. Only you can prove that nobody's doing it. And the reason you can prove that nobody's doing it is that what you've got are, rather than thought crime, this is criminal thoughts. Bits of personality, possibly bits of your own personalities, that are sort of roaming around in the system, not being monitored, making these things happen. In an ideal world, I'd want to set things up so that at least a chunk of the resolution is, who's doing this? Oh, it's us. We're doing this. We are attempting to investigate our own sabotage. That's the pitch. Wow. <laughs> that is a... That is a... Dang. I'm, I'm, I was so worried that everyone was just going to be... Rip, um, that we were all going to be chomping on the same flavour there, and I'm so glad you went in such a, a very singularly unique direction there, Craig. And I mean that so sincerely... I didn't want my first appearance on this show to be like, yeah, I'm doing the same as you two, but but with a different hat. Weirdly, I don't think we have ever had a "Oh my god, you sunk my battleship" moment. We've had we've had bits that were sort of in the same you know in, in the same approximate area, but we've never had a "I had the exact same idea." It's after 160 episodes, you'd expect it would have happened, but it just never does. <laughs> I think that was part of the core conceit that you know. When I, because this was spun out of a conversation in the living room where it's like, oh, I can't think of any games to run. I was like, no, no, wait, you can. You, you absolutely can. Because everyone's take on something, unless they're doing a module, will be different. 
and these are the ways it could be different. So yeah, no, that's that's. Uh, so I'm just trying to a detective story in transhuman space where there may be autonomous distributed bad thought roaming around that might also be the players or the the, the protagonists independent evil impulses and it doesn't necessarily have to be their evil impulses you could this yeah this is the sort of thing where i mean if i was running it i'd be flying a little bit by the seat of my pants and seeing which way the the players wanted to go if if it seemed like the direction they would want to go in was sort of we want to be the heroes of the situation we we don't want to turn out to be the bad guys then i would probably have something in there of yeah okay there are these these dissident thoughts going on there is a reason and a rationale for why this is happening there is presumably a reason and rationale for why you set it up in the first place they're trying to accomplish something that whoever is monitoring the system doesn't want you to do and there's a good reason that they're trying to accomplish Mm. it uh, if, on the other hand, the players were going in the other direction, it would be very much a, no, these are parts of your own personality that have just gone bad and are rampaging around, and we probably get to do some sort of bullshit Agent Smith versus Neo Matrix fight at some point, because, come on, that'd be fun. I, I would like to back up just a second to make sure I understand what's happening here. So, just to be clear, the thoughts... So there are thoughts that are... They are rogue thoughts, basically, and they are the thoughts that say, be a pirate, do a crime... And who, who, how are these thoughts turning into, to, like, are they, are they thoughts that occupy the players' minds to do the crimes, or are they, uh, where, where do they, how do they manifest in terms of the actual execution of a crime, just so I can understand that? Part of um, the, the Eclipse phase slash transhumanity fate, uh, transhumanities fate, um, sort of set up, at least as it was, it was explained to me in the, the game of it that I played, is very much that yeah, it's very much once you know how to build an artificial intelligence, it doesn't take a great deal more than that to be able to figure out how to just upload an entire human mind. At which point, it's basically a software process. Um, it's it's a thinking software process, but it's a software process. So you can copy it, you can back it up, you can run things over a network. So kind of what I have in mind is that you've got you've got the players who are in this situation. They're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And then kind of sloshing around in the local network are these chunks of basically their own personalities, if you're wanting to go in that direction, that have entirely different goals and are sometimes just kind of leaning in and making shit happen and then quietly wandering away again. Ah, okay. I don't want to say ghost in the machine, but now that it's come in my head, that's exactly what we're talking about here. It independ- Independent cognitive constructs. I like the idea that the players are fighting against Skynet, but they are also Skynet themselves. That's that that's the sort of vibe I'm getting from this. Maybe mm. not yeah. on a global scale, but that's what I mean, that's basically what Skynet Skynet is is an AI and but it's them as well. Interesting. I've definitely read stories where versions or in, in sort of instances of um, people who have, or people who started off as um, mechanical intelligences or became mechanical intelligence run into one of their old, like older versions or like a, or a, a fork of their of of their their consciousness and they're like oh no we don't get on anymore this is bad 
I, lo- I also like the idea of there being like, you know, you talking about a, a rogue offshoot of your own mind, like they're a, like they're an ex. They're like, you know, that that was from a different time in my life. I've changed since then. We, you know, <laughs> I was going through a phase. We we should see other political philosophies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and earlier I said evil thoughts, but um, what I, I think fundamentally is that I was just trying to look for a, for a term, but you know, as some sort of subversive, um, some sort of subversive instinct or, or consciousness that because and evil is a moral judgment, so someone may call that evil. So yeah, so it's it's definitely so they're out there, and I guess because you know you can um, print out a new body with with you know extra limbs and and unload yourself into it. The possibility of manifesting crimes is very very real, very present. <laughs> so Craig, uh, do you think that the players start off not knowing? That the thoughts that they that, that the processes that they're up against are in fact their own. Absolutely, one hundred percent. They do not know. I would. I would. If I was pitching the game, I would do it as a okay. You're, you're probably an exploration team of some sort, and things are going wrong as the pitch. But they get to find out that the things that are going wrong are because bits of them are doing it all by themselves. Just for that dawning, slow look of horror that you sometimes get off a player that really makes the entire thing worthwhile. I could actually almost see, and uh, let's let's just uh, mention uh, the latest uh, uh, hot D- Disney Plus show, Loki, for a bit of SEO there. Ooh, nice. Minor, oh, thank you. Hey, look. Yeah, minor, minor spoiler warnings for the latest, uh, the series that's just out at the moment. But the basic premise is that... Loki is being used by a higher authority to catch another version of Loki, and I, I kind, I was thinking, maybe, what if the players were not necessarily aware that something was up, but maybe they were brought in, and they say, and and someone says, look, we know that this is you doing this, so we're bringing you in to try and figure out what you would want why you know you downloaded all these you downloaded all these uh bodies uh mine into all these bodies and you moved to this place why would you do that and you because no one knows who you like yourself hmm. that would be it would be very cool also if the authorities are dicks and they very frequently are they could say well if you don't stop them you're on the hook for this that's quite fun It'd be it'd be a fun one to drop into, drop into a game that's been running for a little while, just so that the the characters have had a chance to shake down and I guess be a bit more predictable. But that would yeah. be great fun for 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 a an existing game to. Hey, we've got a job for you. It's not one of these ones you get to refuse. Mm. Yeah. That's that's a very fun take on it. I shouldn't be grinning as much, but I am. And of course, there is there's an interesting side to that where the question gets asked: What happens if this person is apprehended without your help? Do they then get to extract all knowledge from it? So, do they get to know a lot of things about what you might be thinking, such as passwords and such as? Ooh, yeah, mm. yeah. Somebody runs a Roku's Basilisk scenario on you. It's probably best that you you deal with the situation yourself. Roku's Basilisk is a is a basically Pascal's wager for the transhumanist age. Um, if a, an evil AI could um, 
do basically make a virtual copy of you virtually torment you to giving it what it needs what's to say it's not already doing that recursion 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 wild yeah it, it's uh it's fundamentally flawed but the kind of thing that that keeps nerds up at night uh, and and as i said understand it how uh, elon musk met his wife on some sort of message board talking about um Roku's basilisk I could be wrong on that bit, and if I am, I'll cut it out uh, from the uh, recording to make myself sound cool. I think I heard that as well. So we're treading in the territory of cognitive existential threats already. So, yeah, that's probably good Good to know that um, things like that can actually be quite um, alarming to people. So it's a good good thing to be a little bit careful. So, But also, this, I think that the setup where you're being sent to track yourself down means that you don't you the party the party being slightly worried ahead of time can means they can make choices and feedback into the into the plot information that they think is relevant they say ah right why did they go to this plant okay i know i know these things or i'm going to put these things into the story just to, to volunteer them rather than the the gm having to have plotted out in the entirety of two divergent sets of characters shades of the game siren a little yeah that's more um you you have complete amnesia and you're figuring out Mm. um your your powers and personality based on what you've got in your pockets is but it it has a similar it has a similar sort of um sort of sort of thing so that that was that idea The, the 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 much sillier idea um really falls in the category of I don't even know if a game exists to do this, and I don't know whether it would be any fun. But um, a number of years ago now, I watched the the very few episodes that were made of a show called Century City, uh, which came out in 2004. Uh, I think it got like 13 episodes. It was not a financial success. Uh, it was, of all things, a science fiction legal drama. Huh. And it, particularly for its time it hit on a number of sort of science and technology hot-button topics. One episode in particular uh, basically covered... It was looking very heavily into privacy and issues of privacy where technology is concerned. In this case, a teenage girl whose parents have her under 24-hour surveillance to keep her safe, who would actually quite like for that not to happen. And because it's a legal show, it turns into a, a legal case, of course, which you know then sort of made me think, well, okay, this idea I've pitched actually kind of sounds a bit like something that could occur there. And so, yeah, if you take the thing a step further, yeah, I have no idea if there is a role playing system out there that would let you do a court, a court case type of game in a way that anybody would want to play. But the idea of a court case based around somebody who is trying not not to have a thing that is literally stopping them from thinking on certain topics and does raise the question of how the hell do they even think of challenging it in the court of law like mm. i said it's it, it it's the weird offshoot idea of kind of a pretty sure i don't know how to run that but maybe somebody else does that is a tough one i i have to wonder if there is an ace attorney rpg out there i can't imagine there isn't 
but if it that depends on you know what sort of how faithfully it reproduces either the video games which i'm not familiar with or the or any sort of legal system also pretty unfamiliar with so yeah, but it might be an option hmm yes it was more the idle thought of oh yeah that sounded a bit like that that occurred to me like the half an hour before we recorded so i scribbled down some notes and looked up when the hell the show came out okay i actually want to check that show out it was surprisingly good it is a shame it didn't get more episodes though you can kind of understand why it didn't because a science fiction legal show is a pretty tough sell but yeah if you can if you can find it it's worth a look honestly i think that taking the legal procedural concept and applying it to something other than Amer- just a modern day america is worth a look in and of itself but yeah i hear what you're saying might be a tough sell for the 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 great unwashed so so to speak i am reminded of a early 80s british show called star cops which is like very very prosaic of the era also saturated in politics beat cops in orbit and it is the musical choices are incredibly 80s um the acting is dour and kind of grumpy. They manage to be racist to Italian people quite a bit. It's a way of presenting a really... This is a science fiction concept done in the most grim way possible. It's not It's not like really grim dark. It's just kind of like bureaucratic. And yeah, they, they, they face all sorts of... Even, you know, they could, could contemporarily be issues for something that's 40 years old. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Um, it does not... It did not last very long and... Uh, all of the special effects are ropey, but it, it has a certain charm. And yeah, the, the best location shooting I think they did was actually going to the catacombs in Paris for a bit of a bit of a sort of a bit of a, a thrilling action scene. All, all, all I'm thinking of is a show where there's there's just cops with like like reflective clothing on, being like, I got so much space paperwork to fill out. I hate those space Italians. <laughs> it 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 kind of it kind of is it's like the the bill in zero g but with more complaining about politicians oh gosh it is a little bit terrible but it's fantastic (laughs) yeah yeah oh that's an interesting slightly frightening um notion there craig um scott would you like to pitch yours sure so I've written down a little something because I just, I'm just i just going to read a little pr- quick premise. So consider a young, impressionable child. A child who's been taught a great many things by their concerned but very strict and very controlling parents. The child is taught how the world was made, how science works, who to trust, who to love and how to love. What your identity is and what isn't and is acceptable for you to do. Concepts repeated so often on a child so easily swayed from such a young age that they have been that, that these concepts have been internalized internalized so hard that any kind of resistance to these ideas requires nothing short of radical thought. You the players are the cognitive dissidents. You are anthropomorphic thoughts residing in the brain of this child. You are wanted future fugitives from the literal thought police. The idea is, you are basically, by default, you are concepts and thoughts that 
are trying to exist, trying to to uh, take hold in in the city, quote unquote, that you live in. Um, I want you to think of things like Inside Out, uh, but but a thriller where it's it's all very. Uh, it's all very abstract concepts given uh, an, a, a realistic land, given a, a landscape that we can that we can perceive, uh, rather than the brightly coloured uh, world that we have in in that particular setting. Uh, we're probably thinking a bit more of a gritty, street level type uh, scenario. Uh, you are, and uh, the players are perhaps one player is is the plays the concept of the identity of the child. One player uh, embodies the concept of something other than the concept of man plus woman equals how you're supposed to be, uh, and so on and so forth. You're you're all working together to try and escape the authorities. You're and and ultimately settle in and and become acknowledged as as acceptable and okay and or just survive by the sounds of it that sounds like a uh quite dystopian internal world so indeed yes no um it would be the resistance that that you have to face when dealing with stuff like this can be a challenge in and of itself so Turning that into a uh, a struggle, I, I feel is uh, where everyone's against you is going to be an interesting one. Um, I had some ideas about allies that you might have, like maybe whilst the whilst society on the whole is opposed to you, you might have say aid from perhaps uh, those swear words that the child heard a few years ago, and whilst it's okay to know that. So maybe they they um, that one is is more like well, no one no one particularly uh, likes that that's there, but knowing them is okay so long as you don't say them, and so maybe that the swear word uh, character is is someone who can maybe offer them safe harbour and and help them travel around. Hmm. Because so, there's always a there's always got to be an other. There's always got to be a we are not them. So yeah, there, there. So that could be definitely an aspect of how the um, these agents of change, or you know, at very least internal resistance to the the pressures that are most close to them, is that how is that's how they express themselves? Yeah, this is this is a huge and really interesting. I I thought I thought Craig's idea was high concept, but this is very very interesting. I love it. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so I was thinking for a system you would use powered by the apocalypse. Uh, there's you don't get a lot of opportunities to create like fully customizable characters. Uh, it's more like filling out roles. So maybe one uh, and and whilst there is some wiggle room within them, you're you're definitely dealing with very specific concepts and. The playbook concept, I feel, is going to work quite well. Uh, there's also the fact that it is designed for more dynamic, freeform action, in that you are trying to, you're trying, you're not necessarily worried about the the specific uh, scenarios, uh, the specific situations, so much as 
the the roll two dice and did you do good or did you do bad scenario can work out. I, I feel that would be quite good in those in those kind of situations, whether it's facing the thought police or 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 trying to escape or maybe even finding um, a finding a um, a I'm, I'm just going to have to call them thoughts as people. Um, and I was also thinking. Um, you could always cut aside to the child as well as the players are continuing on the escapades uh, so you may if the child is it, it might seem like the child is, is the players are about to win and then you cut to you cut to the child and maybe the child is uh, reading a book about evolution or looking up contraband on YouTube and the parents walk in and suddenly the child's grounded, has screen time taken away, is is told that they're not allowed to talk to that friend anymore, uh, create uh, creating a, a a harder and harder situation. Mm. But it still informs what they understand, and they're they they're testing boundaries. They 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 find that they're testing boundaries in the world, and they're starting to question what's going on. Yeah, this is a complex one, and I think you've got a good. A good angle on powered by the apocalypse using playbooks so that different characters do different specific things to, to navigate the young mind into certain situations. The another suggestion that I might that I might raise it, it, Inside Out's a good um, reference, but I also thought of the anime Cells at Work, which is a very weirdly cheerful, weirdly slightly xenophobic thing about um, anthropomorphic blood cells and so forth and cute but weird um so it made me thought think of that briefly uh, certainly based on the fact that they they'd have to deal with intruders from outside of the body in question but there's a role-playing game called misspent youth where you are kids kicking back against the man the thing is that it acknowledges that to some degree this is a very dangerous and very difficult enterprise and it is entirely possible that your uh, your rebellious team will either get you know um trapped or 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 taken out or some somehow um suppressed by the system or wind up joining it for one reason or the other so that might be an avenue it's a bit bleak to be fair i mean it does have the um the real good you know, stick it to the man kind of attitude, but it also acknowledges that it's there's quite a bit of uh, very effective structure to resist that sort of thing. So yeah, that's a, that might also be an, an avenue to to investigate. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also Osmosis Jones talking about con- um, people people living in. I mean, Osmosis Jones is well. First of all, it's a pretty bad movie, um, and and second of all, it's 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 more about the bodies. Uh, biology of the body in general rather than the brain specifically but i i thought mm, that there would mm. be some there's definitely something that you can take from there like you could have the the brain the different parts of the brain being different regions in different districts and the thoughts might be more um might might have an easier time in some parts than others mm. i mean you could even have some classism going on as well Yes, the different the different tiers of uh, cognition being sort of separated, or or supposed not one not supposing to to maybe maybe the grubby thoughts aren't supposed to inform the more high sort of the high concept stuff or something. Yeah, that could be that could be really interesting. And 
the I, it's, I'm really interested in the way that the characters represent specific facets innate to the individual that are being suppressed. And I, I think that is really it, it's it could be a really interesting empathy game on that front for a start. Give people a chance to think about hey, how would it be if I I was engaging with thoughts like these. Indeed, and also about what it would be like to try and come up with these concepts in an environment where you are not given the opportunity to consider them. Um, with that in mind, I appreciate that this might not be for everyone. Uh, it's probably going to, it could potentially be kind of triggering for some people uh, mm. because that was the life that they grew up in. But it might, I'm hoping that there's a level of catharsis, much in the way that fantasy is something that tells you that you can kill the dragon. Um, this is something mm. that, that where players can feel like they have helped someone assert their own um, take on how the world is and what it is okay to be, rather than just swallowing up everything that... A, uh, a higher authority has told them. Hmm. Or just give somebody visibility of it, of a something. So I was never challenged about my um, expression of the world in this way. What is it like? I, I've never had to consider this. What is it like for this to be something that you're told is wrong? Exactly, yes. I'm, I'm saying this from a place where, um, whilst I personally never had that strict upbringing... And I did have a family who loved me and accept, were, would have accepted me as whatever I might be, uh, were also the kind of people who assumed that it was going to go a certain way and didn't give me that opportunity to explore parts of myself. And I found them out about me only, only all too late later on in life. So... Hmm. Um, there is a bit of catharsis in it for me as well to to just have the child who wasn't given the opportunity to explore these things on their own have them overcome and win the day, basically. Yep, which is possibly why, yeah, something a bit more, um, something not as bleak as misspent youth, maybe the, or at least not quite as bleak a take. So, mm. Mm, no, that's awesome. Craig, do you have some thoughts I, I mean, I'm mostly just going with that sounds really awesome. Powered by the apocalypse does appear to be the way to 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 run with that because yeah, the playbooks, the role protection is the wrong word, but certainly the okay, here's your job, here's the thing you're good at seems to fit in. Also, just Osmosis Jones shout out. I mean, I actually really enjoyed that film. I'm so sorry to hear that. There was a spin-off <laughs> cartoon. I haven't watched it yet. I, I only found out about it by accident. It's like what? They, they, they made a cartoon. Apparently it was terrible. <laughs> Which, you know, based on many, many people's uh, opinions of the movie, whew, that bar is not set high. No. I like that idea. There is a bit from Inside Out, but relatively, relatively late in the movie, where um, yeah, a couple of the, ro the, the, the lost emotions basically find out, oh no, the kids are running away. And like, I think it's, there's like a newspaper or something. And that's sort of what came to mind when you mentioned the whole, and we cut to the child and things going wrong and your job just got harder. It was that kind of thing that I liked the idea that they're not necessarily going to know immediately that what they're doing 
hasn't worked or has backfired. But they'll find out eventually. That notion I quite liked. But no, that's that's a fun game. You would, as you say, you would have to sort of put a few trigger warnings on it. But um, I would play the hell out of that. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, you, you make a good point about the newspaper. I actually really like that. Like, um, you know, um, maybe maybe uh, suddenly the the like with things cut off a bit more. Suddenly the thought police have like really kitted out riot gear and brain helicopters and better monitoring, or maybe even like maybe the rogue thoughts, the the swear word. The swear word thought and the and and whoever will be like, look, look, um, I'm just trying to get by. I can't be seen with you, okay? You know, uh, and and suddenly they find themselves um, having a harder time. But I, I just find that the move system would be so good in that scenario because you, there is literally just the 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 rule the rule set is is not okay. You make a save for this to happen. It's more like the the keeper says. Okay, this is happening because I say so, and I, I, I think that that would work really, really well. Mm. And if there are downsides, the 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 player gets to choose what the downside is to, to guide the story. I, yeah, I think that it's not just a tale of possibly of just um, sort of ducking and diving and surviving, but also subverting. Say, you know, um, you know, you're getting getting stealing your own brain helicopter and doing things with it because brain helicopter is pretty cool, pretty cool set of words. Um. Really is. <laughs> it does what you were, what you were saying about the, the the possible sort of hopeful catharsis or um, or you know, ca- ca- cathartic. Pretty sure I pronounced that one wrong. Um, aspect of it reminded me of. There was a a seminar done at Gen Con online last year. There was, for obvious reasons, no actual event, but they did try to do an oh. online thing. Um, and there was a there was a seminar where some people were talking about basically role play you know, the the use of role playing games in the treatment of PTSD, and mentioned this specific time where they. Were basically they basically had a bunch of PTSD sufferers who were former military, which is where they had managed to pick up PTSD. I'm sure we're all shocked. Yeah, they were playing a game, and then yeah, they're sort of they're moving the little figures around, and then somebody points out, one of the players points out, we've all set ourselves up so that we've not got our backs to a door. Huh. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, it's it's good. Good tactical operations, but also maybe yeah, if if they were playing a My Little Pony game, maybe that was a sign. I believe it was D and D, and it was just like, okay. So where are you in the tavern? It's like we're all sitting there facing the door. Okay, right, good to know, and we move on. It was an interesting bit um, because of yeah, because I'm in the UK, because Gen Con isn't. I couldn't really do any of the the online games because they would be occurring at just obnoxious hours of the morning. And I feel it's disrespectful to fall asleep and snore while somebody else is running a game. Seems bad form. Yeah, it, it will imp- it will impact your experience. That's for sure. It will totally impact it'll impact your experience points as well. Dun 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 dun. Womp. Yes, and now our transition to terrible fifties comic comedy is complete. Oh yeah, right. So, no, that's a really fun idea. That would be that would be a hell of a thing to play. All right.
Well, well, thank you all so much for your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I mean, you would want um, robust safety tools, but more games should have those anyway. And yeah, I think it would invite invite lots of interesting introspection regardless. So, yeah, awesome. Good point. I'll just point out for for the listeners, uh, check out the lines and veils rules and the X card rules. Uh, we use things like that in our games, and uh, thankfully it hasn't had to come up, but if it ever does, if there's ever anything that would be upsetting for someone, we have what we need in place to navigate that uh, safely. Excellent. Oh, that's, that is wonderful to hear. I've only seen the X card used once in a game, and that was more on the lines of this is the third game. Somebody saying yeah, this is the third game I've had in a row where somebody has been dragged around with a noose around their neck. Could we please not do that? Oh goodness, yeah. Mm. There are some games that um, that I that I understand that I using it uh, using that sort of mechanic to normalise keeping a game on on like, on track for tone and the like. Which is interesting. So it both it both encourages people to say, eh, "I'm not feeling this in this game," and not saying, "I am also, I am also making myself vulnerable." I mean, that's a very good reason for getting the guy with the weird noose fetish to stop for a second, but also making it more normal for um, just saying, "Hey, no, I'm out on this one. Don't." This is this isn't this isn't this isn't working for me. Even if it was just something, this is too silly. Well, we had um, I've had moments where I've had to try and say to someone, look, because it's not just about. Sometimes it is context, much like the third game in a row with the noose thing. That's that's wild that that is a particular thing that comes up, especially if it's multiple games with multiple um, game masters. It was. This was at Gen Con. It was just pure fluke that he'd had three... It had just happened three games in a row, but it's why he lunged for the card. It's like, no, please, just enough. Um, <laughs> and, you know, pe- people got it. It's like, yeah, cool, fine. Round his waist, cool, done. Yeah, it was... It was, you know, it was fine. Which is kind of a... What are the odds? Yeah, what was on TV last night? Or, or you know, what was going on on the Shadow Con? I'm very concerned. But I've had those moments where, like, you've had maybe your fortitude isn't as good as it might normally be and i've been a little bit squeamish about the the viscera that the game master has has been going into when talking about the game uh and so i've just had to say look can we just gloss over that a little bit you know and um i think there's something to be said about people get people need to get that even though stuff like that can happen in a fantasy game uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's nasty stuff that happens even in, in something as accessible and family-friendly, quote-unquote, as uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, but sometimes you're just not there. Sometimes you're just maybe a bit more squeamish. Maybe you've had... Even as simple as you, you just came out of a, a particularly nasty uh, tummy bug, and so you're you're not actually feeling like going into all these squeamish details because that's really messing with you, um, and and you don't need to go into all the all, all the moments, all, all that specifics in that particular session, and then maybe later on you're fine, um, and I think that's something that maybe doesn't get recognized as much as it should that's a really good point it's not it's not like hard fast some of it's not hard fast and forever and some some things will be but yeah so maybe it's just like that right now this is not 
something I'm going to enjoy or help me contribute to the game. Let's not. Exactly. Cool. Alrighty. So I guess I should um, weirdly place my idea squarely between Scott and Craig's because... This is going to be fascinating. Yes, it is. It is. Right. I have a bit of a spiel. The charges are set. The primary pilots waylaid or incapacitated. The tertiary cerebral battle bridge has been fully isolated with redundant systems. Everything is ready, and your team has rehearsed and knows their roles perfectly. As the countdown dwindles, you review your mission, your objective, and your many, many steps leading to this day. As the countdown reaches zero, suddenly the screens are alive, flooded with autonomic and sensory information as they are rerouted by the carefully planned sabotage. Funneling the entire subconscious control of the entity you pilot into your hands. It's going perfectly. Okay, so, some reason, the players are, again, rogue elements of a personality, but they are directly, deliberately engineering a takeover in the style of Herman's Head, because I am a Gen Xer, at slash Inside Out. They're, they're deliberately driving to get their... Uh, their, their human vehicle into a situation but in this case they are the plucky protagonist of some great escapade some amazing um fantasy anime martial arts science fiction kind of adventure and they have accidentally timed their takeover which is amounts to not quite petty but very not life-threatening issues at the moment of the great betrayal, the you know the sudden reveal, the point where they they they, um, they have to strike off from the party and head across the, the the marshes towards Mount Doom, and they weren't there for all of the briefing. They've got they've got the memories, but suddenly they find themselves running not quite blind into, you know, they were going to make a point. They're going to make a statement. They're going to say, "Okay, yeah, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are going to to do our, our our thing," but they're in charge on the most dramatic and important day of the protagonist's life, and they have to carry them through this great adventure because they did such a damn good job of 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 messing things up. Oh no! Okay. So they're they're running the show. What I'd come up with was the idea of what if you ran social encounters a bit more like the way Shadowrun runs Decker net dives, which is a bad idea. <laughs> it's certainly an idea that hasn't been thought of before. Decking in Shadowrun is generally a bad idea. They came up with this thing and they're like, okay, there's this cool thing. We should do hacking in real time during during the gaming. It's like, no one wants that. It, you take one of the players out to a room or have them run you know, a weird text adventure on Apple IIe. Everyone else waits? What's going on? Instead, the notion that I was, that, that partially it's mechanical. I wanted to have the idea that the each, that, that, and this could be a, this could be a, a gemless game, that they have, that the players have the, an objective and there is a, a small bidding system where you have some currency that you present to say, all right, this is the the first encounter that we run into. Uh, this is the this is the 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 objective that we need to we need to get past this guard, or we need to convince this person to help us, or something. What each of the the the, the players brings to the table is that they have a number of this uh, of basically uh, in an apocalypse world style thing that they they would be they would be similar to moves, 
but they are all stated in this is just like this time. And the, each of the players are defined by a set of things that they ran into that this was just like this time I was picked on by the bully and my best friend didn't help me. And you use these kind of, these kind of mildly, tra- we'll, go for, we'll hopefully not go for deep trauma, but mildly life-defining experiences to have them say, right, we're going to deal with this though, because we have this, this, this full history, this backlog of, of experiences that our hero has, has, has strived through. And we're going to pull on this knowledge to get out there and we're going to do our thing. And it will cycle through the currency basically refreshing when people, when people, um, basically use the, 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 the folks with the, the folk, the, the folk with the lowest amount of currency will pl- basically place the, ch- will, will present the challenge and the person with the highest will be responding to it while the other players play sort of secondary roles. And then when you've, you've, um, when you've faced a challenge, you basically, you're spending points to get people to do things and so forth, to get people to, other people to activate their abilities. And you, you, so your points dwindle a bit. And then the next person with the highest gets to take a challenge from yourself. And it goes, so it'll go in on the, and it, hopefully uh, the, the maths will work out. So it's a nice circular kind of process. But each time you're defining the aspects of the, of the, the, the char- your meta character's personality. And in a way, this is a bit like the, um, the mind hacking game Headspace, where everyone kind of shares an emotional, it's like, pull. And each time you meet a challenge, you place you place like a, a small tax onto a, a field that says, "Okay, we're getting more determined, but hardened. We're getting more we're getting more inquisitive, but we're getting more frightened, and so forth." So that you kind of you balance out the, the effects that you're having on the protagonist's worldview. But the part of the mechanic that I'm most interested in is you start changing those moves from "This is just like that time" to "This is new." So you basically start switching the ones that you've used out to, oh, we're dealing with a new situation. We're not just addressing the old issues. We are getting into something we haven't handled before. We are growing as a person. Oh no. And as you, as you climb the mountain, as you, as you, as you strike further into the, the, the shadowy citadel, the, the, the protagonist becomes a more rounded person. So that is, kind of what i was thinking it it made more sense while i was was drinking whiskey last night i must confess <laughs> as i understand it you basically got yeah from 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 outwards perspective you basically got somebody having one of those life-changing fuck it moments where their subconscious has said no we're doing this to hell with the consequences and it's happened at the worst possible time in their entire life or the best possible time maybe Time will tell. Um, okay, so yes, you're the sub. And I do like the idea of the subconscious sort of hijacking things. It's like, yes, we're going to go and and yeah, we're going to go and farm potatoes like we always wanted to. Wait, what's this Mount Doom stuff? So what? Wait, wait, yeah. Why is there a marsh with dead elves in it? What the hell? Why am I wearing a parachute? Yeah. And the and the person that that was like how to operate parachute just is like you know slipping in and out of consciousness. Yeah, I'm not thinking of it as like a direct piloting thing, but you were definitely pushing some of the some of the some of the buttons that we you saw in Inside Out to focus things. But yeah, it's like, oh man, <laughs> we 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 we've we've just we've just sort of like hijacked the system, and someone's just dropped a briefing document the size of your head on us. Okay. <laughs>
Okay, I'm really liking the, we don't need to worry about the the, the briefing document. We are going to go and open that coffee cart that we always wanted to. What do you mean, classified mission? <laughs> so, so the concept is basically that they have taken over, and then as soon as that has happened, they've realized, oh, wait, we are in the middle of something which we had no grasp of. Well, we had no previous con- concept of, and now we're now we've got to like grab the steering wheel. And certainly, we weren't expecting to be dealing with something of this immense gravity, and we were hoping to get something done, possibly opening opening a coffee cart or something. And oh no, we have to deal with this now. I mean, my mental model for this, and I know it's going to be ho- hopelessly wrong, but it just makes me laugh too much not to say it, is the idea of Die Hard where John McClane has has come to meet up with his wife. He's he's decided, he's had his fuck it moment, he's going to quit being a, uh, a cop, going to move to, was it LA that, that was it? I think it was LA. Um, yeah, move to LA and going to become a florist. That's the plan, that's the plan, and then there are terrorists everywhere, what the hell. That's kind of where I'm going with this, but I suspect I'm making it too comedic. It could be comedic. I like the idea of, like, as a premise to, like, any action movie that's out there just at the start of any action movie you're like steven seagal is about to jump into the plane or whatever and then suddenly his mind gets taken over like this could just slot into the start of any um any movie along those lines and would be amazing (laughs) so yeah somebody wildly unprepared for this is like maybe just just seeing the inner life of you know john mcclain is like what's going on oh my goodness because yeah it is kind of the that's certainly the kind of the the herman's head kind of sitcom vibe except there's a lot more sort of bureaucracy and complaining so the the wouldn't the, the conflict in the game is about trying to control the situation rather than um any kind of like there's not there's not people like bashing down the door or anything like that in the story not during the 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 play session. I, I the assumption was it is this quite quite heavily sort of like trying to reference or at least justify the dissidents part, but they've set it up enough that they have that they are ready to complete their plan. And partially, you know, while they are while they are running things and they're in such a perilous situation, the 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 regular authorities, the regular team, don't want to disrupt things because it's only oh well, we better let them finish this bit because we are in a, um, we are in a state that we don't want to be, to be, to be interrupting things further. So yeah, that would be the, that would be, they've got some sort of surety there. Though that could be an aspect, you know, that they're kind of, they're also battling this on, on a couple of fronts. Okay. And what was the system you were thinking of? Again, I would have to fashion something out of bits and pieces. Um, like, as I said, the, um, Headspace might be is looking like a being a useful basis, but yeah, we definitely uh, use moves. But the idea that there is a level, there is also like a currency mechanic that controls basically who sets the challenges and who whose turn it is to respond to them is something that I'm quite interested in to allow people to to a to run headless, uh, ironically, um, and allow people to sort of like guide the story as they go. One of the things that I think would um, shape that would possibly be that each of the each of the archetypes or the, each of the, the 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 playbooks would be like the love interest 
and you develop and create the love interest as you go. Which is kind of why I kind of liked the in media ray like hard start. Is you just like, okay, we develop the love interest and the person playing the love interest comes up with that as they go using the, the moves that they've got. And there's all, there's the, the, the rival and the mentor and maybe the villain. But the and not quite the the your relation you're basically playing the relationship with these people and developing these NPC characters. So there's a little bit of there's a little bit of ownership for the the um, things out in the world there. So if you, so if you're saying all right, we're dealing with a situation. All right, as the as the guy who does the mentor stuff, I'm going to flash back to when we did our training. But I was also frustrated by his insistence that we do all of the 97 forms first, um, kind of thing. So, what would the individual, what would the individual players represent in this situation? As I, yeah, as I was saying, they would be sort of dissatisfied factions of the the protagonist's personality, but they each have an attachment to a relationship with an NPC in the world, which they are building as they go. Right. Right. Okay. Yes. I. I, I see. I just. I was like. Like four players that are all let's get that coffee truck up and going um i was just trying to make sure i understood the difference so one would be like wanting to take over because they like the smell of coffee and someone else would be like well i have coffee reminds me of talking with my sister and so on and so forth is that the sort of thing you're talking about or they may not have quite as a unified goal but that sort of thing like i you know, I should be an artist. It's like because that, be, that means we've got more freedom and we're not doing these this this terrible boring stuff. I was like, but yeah, they're sort of like they were they were they were hoping to like do a bit more self determination on their on their grounds rather than ha coffee joke. Um, then <coughs> follow what the the maybe maybe they're like they they like feel like they're trapped in the 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 Campbellian mythos that they're they're kind of oh, what we got to do this hero's journey. What a bunch of I don't want to do this, but suddenly they're in they're in the hero the 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 exciting part of the hero's journey, and they have to deal. While they'd rather be doing something else, we all went really high concept on this. I mean, it's funny that with a name like with a word like cognitive dissonance, like yep, there wasn't there wasn't a, a lot of opportunities to be like, oh yes, I kill the dragon. I <laughs> I'm going to turn this into a dungeon crawler somehow. Somebody might be able to. That's the uh, the the beauty of our role playing game podcast game show. I have never put those words in the same order twice at this point. No, you think. have not. <laughs> it's become a feature rather than a bug. Indeed. I'm just thinking you could you could actually probably have a fun. I'm actually now just um, this might be a little bit off topic, but have it, turning the brain into a dungeon and having like the having the party not even realize what they've done like they're magically teleported into the strange place and they can do stuff and then they come out afterwards and they find oh actually you've been in the mind of a titan this whole time Mm. and here's all the stuff that you you know you were you were you were slaying all these creatures in the on the right side of the brain and therefore this happens and you were you were doing all these things. You, you did a lot of um, physical damage to the medulla oblongata. So and, and here's the berserker <laughs> carnage that you have wrought because of everything that you did. A bit, it's very fantastic, fanta- fantastic voyage. Fan- I think it's fan- yeah, fantastic voyage, but with swords and shields. I'm liking this more and more. <laughs> explain all those 
squiggly tentacle creatures that that float or or um was it a grill or something like that some those yeah, hideous grill. things because yeah that's that's a flashback from many years ago for me what was the movie inner space i think it was inner space yeah yeah i don't believe i saw it but yeah it was a it was basically a fantastic voyage but the comedy version Indeed, but the idea of adventurous rampaging around inside a mind, or either inside a brain, which would be fun and goopy, or inside a mind a la Psychonauts or something like that, dealing with all sorts of uh, wacky sort of, again, thought police or emotional things. It could be it could be pretty psychedelic. I think that would be, that could be kind of cool. It'd be a lot more straightforward. You just say, "All right, here, here are the uh, here are the blobby creatures. You should fireball those guys." <laughs> it would be a lot more simple. <laughs> and now, as this is a game show role playing podcast, there needs to be prizes. And so, from our from our guest, um, be honest, be humble, be be self-aggrandizing as you choose, Scott. What which of those games would you most like to play? I actually think I, w- I want to play my game. That is absolutely fair. And, you know, good self-affirming thing. That's also, I happen to agree with you because my one seems to have gotten away on me and needs some work. I like Craig's, but I think I'm I'm liking yours more. Craig, what is what is your selection? I, I was going to vote for Scott, Scott's ones as well, so... Um, oh my God, a hat trick. Yeah, I would happily play in any of them, but of them, it's like creeping around in somebody's mind. That, that, that's just cool. Well... That is, it's very appropriate because the prize for this week is one game grid identity disc to help you out there in the battlefields of Tron, fully RGB compatible, four megabytes of storage to allow you to duel on your, on your, on your light cycles or the uh, weird ping pong game with the, it's a bit like Jiali, but with death. Actually, Jiali is very dangerous. So pretty much the same thing. There you go. Um, you know, your, your choice of color and, and you know, the, the, the four megabytes of, of, um, to, to record everything you, you are and do out there in the wilds of the game grid. So well, well done. And yes, thank you for your contribution. It, it was really, I mean, genuinely interesting. I and mean, that sounds like just a cool idea. Thank you. I'm, I promise I'm not going to use it to smuggle Olivia Wilde into the real world. I couldn't blame you specifically if you did, but and we've all been there. Yeah, that uh, relatable thing that happens to people where you smuggle Olivia Wilde into the real world. Hey, if it's it could be young hot Bruce Broxleitner, it's your call, really. Oh, oh well, uh, good good to know I got options. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Alrighty, so I should call on my co-host Craig to announce what we have as a topic for. Big Red Couch, 162. There was many, many votes. People voted early. People voted late. People voted often, probably. But in the end, coming in with a magnificent three votes is Terry's idea, Ruins of the Ancients. Awesome. Unclear whether he means buildings or just really old people. So I guess that's up to you to decide. (laughs) I think the format of the game is it's up to you two to decide indeed whoever is whoever attends to uh and you know we take writers as well so have at it you could win a a, a fic- fictional game peripheral from an 80s movie yay i mean i don't know why i would need another one i've got four whole megabytes of storage on this one that's like the entire internet <laughs> yep 
Absolutely. Alrighty. So, with the uh, prompt for next time announced, we'll run down your voting options for Big Red Couch 163. They are Starfleet Bagels, by, suggested by John Rea. Suggested by John Kenarthy. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. We have a psychic medium who offers conjugal visits with the dead. And from Terry's lists of movies to reinterpret, Braveheart. And last but not least, also from Terry, Game Without a Conscience. So that has been an excellent demonstration of cognitive dissonance and possibly cognitive dissonance. I don't know where my head is at the moment. It's probably put, uh, probably uh, demonstrated by my pitch, but I would Did like to Did you just say think... cognitive dissonance? This <laughs> I may have. <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that one, I think. <laughs> I think I, I think at the end of this show that the real cognitive dissonance are the friends you made on the way. Indeed. Cognitive after dinnerments. I think we just ended on that. That's I. There's no way we can top that line. Fair enough. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. That's been really good having you on. And we will plug any pluggables for your the Waikato Gaming Group that you're um, involved in, um, and links in the show notes. And yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully see you again at some time. Uh, thank you both for so much for having me uh yeah keep me in mind for episode 169 it's not quite the same as as the uh as the episode that came 100 episodes before that but still sounds pretty nice to me to to if you wanted to invite me back on for that one awesome uh it's a date i really have to re-listen to that that previous episode <laughs> <laughs> how racy did we get i have no memory <laughs> i suspect we didn't Thank you very much for coming on the show, um, Scott. That was that was fantastic. Man, we took that idea to some really weird places and they were all great. Good night, everybody, and we will see you all next time. Good night, everyone. Kakitiano. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of co- cognitive diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, put it in a pasta... Uh, it's great. Yep, yep. Bit of a nice bit of venison. Hmm. Best I've got is cognitive endearments, which is just when you think nice things about people. So you you think nice things about thinking nice? No. I was uh, I, I I was uh, spending a lot of time thinking about uh, the actor who played Emperor Palpatine. It was uh, cognitive uh, Ian McDiarmid's. Nice, nice. This is definitely going in the post um, post closeout audio for those poor poor people who don't hit pause fast enough. Indeed, indeed, it is it's a trap that many have fallen into. <laughs>